This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We're gonna bring y'all into our huddle. Support for Warriors Huddle comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. By now, you must know that Bram, MT, and I all sport well-maintained beards, so it's clear we're no stranger to the occasional facial hair trim. Now I'm only guessing, but I've got to figure neither of them are sporting wizard's beards off their junks either. And I won't go into the details of the patient my mom took care of when she was a nurse, but suffice it to say, every time anything remotely sharp gets below my belt, I panic. I feel like it's only a matter of time before my crude tools cause some cruel damage. Luckily, Manscaped has designed their Lawnmower 2.0 with proprietary skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. So do yourselves a favor and pick up the Lawnmower 2.0 to get a precision-engineered tool for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WARRIORS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WARRIORS at manscaped.com. You are in. The Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce that rejoining us, the former Golden State beat writer, sports director, and editor for sfbay.ca, where she covered all things Warriors for more than three years, the brand new Utah jazz beat writer for the Desert News, and the owner of a very professional-looking photograph and profile on LinkedIn, where I was just stalking it the same way Marcus stalks her Twitter account, Mrs. Sarah Todd. What's going on, Sarah? Hey, hey, how's it going? And you're stalking my LinkedIn? Well, to to be honest, so I knew that you just got the new job uh, for Utah, and I couldn't remember the paper. So I type in Sarah Todd, Utah. The first thing that that pops up is the LinkedIn thing. I click on it, sees your names, has all your credentials. Like, oh, this must be, and then I see the pictures, like, holy that's the most professional photograph I've ever seen. So, I mean, stocked might not be the right word, but I, you know, let's continue the theme of honesty. I was impressed. I'll stock it right now. Give me a second. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> well, well Marcus, I know that you'll stock it. You'll, do, you'll stock any internet site. Just, well, no, no, just you. Him. Just I you, Sarah. Don't you yeah. think it's funny that he's pretending like he hasn't already seen it? I'm pretty sure this fool has seen that picture yeah. at least 20 times. I save all my stocking for you, Sarah. Don't, don't give everybody else credit. That's something we share. God, I'm, I'm blushing. I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm blushing too, just because this is an awkward moment. Let's uh, <laughs> let's quickly move on and let me ask you this. How are you, Sarah? It, it's been a while. You got a brand new job. Give us an update. What's going on with you? Yeah, uh, I'm doing really great. As you know, um, or as many people know, but many may not, I'm from Paradise, California, which as we all know, was the town that burned down. And that's why it's famous now. And so I came home in the off to season. My mom had heart surgery. It helped my family relocate after having been in paradise for years. 
And so life has settled a little bit. Everyone is doing really great and wonderful. And now I just got to Utah a couple of days ago, and I'm the new Jazby writer. Congratulations. It's great to hear everything's good with your family. You clearly skipped the step where you made a very impressive LinkedIn profile, but I guess we kind of covered that tangentially so they, they know all about <laughs> yeah. it. How's, how's life in Utah? You all set up? Are you moving? I mean, transitions, yeah. generally speaking, are a nightmare. Yeah. Um, moving is terrible. It's not the thing that I ever want to do again. I keep saying that every time I move and then I just end up making these huge like cross-country um, but I'm settled in, kind of. It's been a whirlwind the last few days, you know, bringing the U-Haul to Utah and getting my stuff set up in a new place and meeting everyone. I'm trying to catch up on everything that's happened with the Jazz this season so I can be ready to rule. First game I'm going to cover is going to be December 26th, so I'm just trying to get everything packed in before then. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that moving is one of my least favorite things of all time. So uh, hopefully that'll go smoothly <laughs> enough. Well, I'll tell you what, let me give you another vehicle where you can tell us a little bit about your life. And really my favorite uh, segment on the show, the off the court report. If you're new to the show, the idea is simple. You're probably already tired of my voice. Good news. This time I shut up. All we do here is take advantage of uh, the beat writers' access and ask them for some experience they had off the floor um, in their past. So, Sarah, you got anything for us? Yeah, well, I was I was writing today my introductory column for the Desert News, introducing myself to the jazz fans and the readers, and I was thinking, you know, what kind of anecdotal thing can I tell these people about that will, you know, at least make them see a little bit of my personality and also, like, uh, connect me to Utah a little bit. And I thought of this time when I was covering the Warriors, this was 2014 and it was the playoff round against the Clippers. And you guys, everyone will remember that because it was Donald Sterling series. And it was, there are so many things going on during that series. And it went to seven games and the Warriors lost. It was kind of like their first like big run before they became the good team that we know them as. And it's when the Clips and, put all their jerseys at center court, right, as, as the protest. Yes, that exactly, yeah. exactly. So during, um, if you guys know Mark Spears, as then he was the national writer for Yahoo Sports. Now he is with ESPN's Undefeated. Uh, Spears is a great guy. And um, he, I, I have a, a certain shoe collection which is not necessarily important but i also have um underneath the sneakers i always like to have nice socks and so that's kind of the in the know thing about me i always have really cool socks on that's not on your LinkedIn found profile. That out. <laughs> it is not it's, i don't put that on my resume but maybe i should and so spears finds out and he's like well i bet you i've got better socks than you and i was like all right well you can bring that on right now and so it was every game during the playoffs. We'd show up, we'd show the socks, and then we'd have you know other members of the media be the judge who wins. <laughs> and so I'm behind in the standing. I'm not doing great because you know he's he's been working at the sock game longer than I am. Is that a nice way of saying he's older than me? <laughs> it, it would have been had you not then defined it as a nice way to say that he was older <laughs> yeah, than you. Whatever. But I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, game seven, we're at Staples Center in LA, and I'm like, all right, I gotta come, I gotta come swinging today. I gotta really bring out my big guns. And so he he reveals first, and he lifts up, and he's got um, 
Grandmama from Family Matters, if you guys know. Sure, the of character. course. If you don't, Google it. Yeah, which is great. It goes over well with the media contingency. Everybody's clapping. You know, he's got one. I was like, all right, well, you know, I figured that this would be a legendary night for me. I'm going to be beating you. And so I brought some legends with me. And I pull up, you know, one leg of pants and show him I've got John Stockton of the Utah Jazz. And he's passing the ball. It's like a photo of John Stockton. And everyone's like, oh, man, that's really good. That's really good. And they are about to award Spears the win for the night. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Did you think that's all I brought? And so I put the other foot up on a chair, and I'm like, I also got the mailman car. I'm alone. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I triumphed, and I won. I walked away, and here we are. Five years later, I'm covering the Jazz. I, that, I have so many follow-ups on that. Let's start with the idea that on Game <laughs> 7 of a huge playoff game, there's like a dance circle battle going on <laughs> involving only socks. I like that you said when Spears pulled up his uh, his pants to reveal his, people started to clap. What are you talking about? The people oh, were yeah. not clapping for his socks. There's no way I believe no, that. No, no, no. People were 100% clapping, and people were like, you know, patting, like, dapping me up and like patting my shoulder like oh like covering their mouth like it was <laughs> i'm making it sound more wild than it was but it was like pretty wild for a stock off it sounds like like a freestyle battle from six mile like, I, I don't know if i like what do you so do you guys think that any of this happened or is this just from like the recesses of sarah's like you know somewhat somewhat compromised mind i mean you, you guys know this definitely that. happened i'm just glad the warriors got better so that they could focus on things besides the socks i'm, su- I'm surprised you weren't able to point out which tweets that she dropped that actually documented that exact back and forth well that is an awesome story sarah um and i'm going to start working on my sock game for the next time we see each other i'm going to get a bunch of strangers to go around us and just clap like you've never seen when i reveal what i'm uh, what i'm wearing but let's transition into warriors and we actually have two warrior related segments today one's holiday themed we got to do it right holidays are right around the corner but before we get there I want to use your neutrality and your intelligence to test whether or not our podcast has been too homerish, has been too ridiculous um, as this season has gone on, right? And so first, I'm going to give you an admission. The way, you know, the Warriors are the worst team in the league. You know, that, that's an objective fact. They, they are last in the standings. But the way we've been handling it as a podcast is, hey, this is a hiatus. This is on purpose. In fact, this is probably the best thing for the Warriors' title window. Sit back, wait. They will be contending as early as next year, and there's more titles that will be coming to Steph Curry and to Chase Center. But it's easy for us to say that, right? We are catering to an audience that probably wants to hear optimism. You covered this team. You're not stuck by that. You've got enough time to make up stories about socks. So, you know, I figured I would distill this stuff into some questions for you. All right. So I have got four questions for you and and they're going to test how bad the Warriors are this year and whether or not you're as optimistic as we are going forward. Here's your first one. How many wins will the Warriors have this year? Well, if you're wondering how bad the Warriors are, any time that any other writer around the league right now or anybody sees the Warriors on their schedule, it immediately says, well, that doesn't count because the Warriors aren't even a team. <laughs> so that's the way that people around the league are looking at the Warriors. They're bad. They're, they're okay. dwelling bad. Okay, that's that's a perfect and response. How many wins do they get? Let's see. They're are five right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them 18 all right. 
And that's... Uh, 18. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I think I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like almost three more than yeah. I thought they would get. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now let's start seeing how ridiculous we've been. How about next year? And assume health. The Splash Brothers come back, all right? Um, and I mean, that's the only real assumption we can make. And let's say that D'Angelo is not traded and is still on the team next year. And assume that they all remain healthy throughout the year. They play up to their, uh, to their potential. How many wins next year? Well, I think that, you know, the answer that you probably would give or that you would want is like upwards of 60 there you go. or yep. maybe even upwards of 70. You mean the I'm truth. not going uh, yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there because let's say that everything you said is true. Steph, Clay, healthy, D'Angelo stays there. There's still going to be a ton of like learning curve to get him incorporated and to have everything work. And there's going to be bumps along the way. We don't know what else is going to happen with the rest of the roster. And so there's going to be some bumps that they haven't had in the past few years. And so I'll generously give them 58. All right. I, I mean, it's wrong. You're right. It will be in excess of 70, but, uh, okay. but I, I see where you're coming from. All right. This time I want you to assume, in fact, let me put it a different way. If some genius out there came up with an app for your phone that was a GPS app, but used Dikembe's voice. I mean, the greatest voice of all day, in case you don't know what I'm Nothing talking about. I mean, the greatest voice of all time. Am I right in assuming that you would want to buy that app immediately? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I'm, oh man, there was something. Exactly, I mean, what you also can't see is that I'm giving both of my co-hosts the middle finger right now because these guys don't understand how awesome that GPS app would be, but we've cut you off. Why would you like that amazing purchase? <laughs> I'm never going to be able to remember. Oh, I hope that I, I hope I remember it before the end of this podcast that it like springs in so I can actually give this some credence. But, um, they're the like Waze app or maybe it was the, maybe it's the Google map. You can set it to like do different voices for you. And there are celebrities that have recorded their voice to be one of the voices that directs you around. And there is a basketball player that's got a weird voice that does that. <laughs> did and you use I it? will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> See? Oh, I did one. I, I did one with Cookie Monster and it reminded me. Just do it. See? You can't even hear a certain amount of one syllable from Dikembe and you have to laugh. Does this change your guys' opinions at all? Do you at realize all. I still wouldn't even download it for free. That's not true. That is it. Okay, you're just no, a liar. No. We can't even talk to you about this. Maxime, Sarah's crazy smart. Do you realize now the error of your ways? Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm floored. <laughs> see, yeah, see? Would you even face. know where you're headed? Like, I feel like you wouldn't even be able, you'd be like, wait, what did you say? Of course you The only problem would be you'd be laughing so hard and having the time of your life. You'd miss it'd your be, turn. It'd be hard to complete your drive. You'd have to occasionally pull over and be like, this app is so incredible, I can't even drive. <laughs> Back to real questions, Sarah. How many more titles for Steph Curry and Golden State? All right, I'm not going to say like they will win X titles. I'll say that they Steph Curry, so far as he is the leader of that team, they will be in contention at least for the next years. Let me give you it a different way then. Over under one on titles for Steph Curry in a Warriors jersey? Do you take the over or the under? You see, I'm trying to force you into an answer. Ooh, that, man, yeah, that, that's, that's rough. <laughs> 
I'll take the over. All right. Uh, let me give you one more over under. Over under five. How many years before the Warriors are back in the finals? Under. I'll go under on that one. All right. Um, we've never gone through that exact analysis, boys. Did, did all of the, I mean, just give me that last one. Over under five before the Warriors are back in the finals. What do you guys take? I take the under two, but I think number of championships is a push. I think it's one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if they're going to get to the finals, it's going to be the under. Because, uh, I mean, we can't project farther out than that, but I do think it'd be one more. So, I've okay. blown all credibility by saying they're going to have more than 70 wins next year. So I'll just keep <laughs> my opinions to myself, at least during this podcast. But I will push us to our next segment. It is called Secret Jewish Santa. And here is the idea. It's the holiday season. Gift giving is in the air. And we're going to run with that theme, bad news. We have all been tasked with giving a gift to uh, certain members of the Golden State Warriors. I will give you those names in a minute. It is a lot, for example, like Secret Santa, but since I'm a Jew, I threw Jewish right in the middle of the title. Good news, we are not limited to the bounds of reality. If you want to give this person a time machine, you can. If you want to give them a jump shot, a new mentality, a load of adoring fans, anything you want to give these people, you can give them. Our first name is... Draymond Green, um, and last caveat, what our goal with these gifts is to make them a better professional, right? If, if you really love your like Dyson hand vac, I, that, despite that, even if it would make a great gift, that's not what we're looking for. <laughs> we're looking to get these guys a little bit better to give you guys some time on Draymond Green. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to give Draymond Green a two-month stint as an assistant coach, all right? So Draymond's been great, man. Um, we all came in with these preconceptions of how the year would go. We've made the joke a million times that he would be, you know, getting texts left and right and showing frustration. That hasn't necessarily been the case. He's kept his cool mostly. He's been helping with the, uh, with the team, but we're starting to see some cracks. <laughs> in fact, just in that last game against uh, Portland, we may have seen him reaching the bounds of his reasonableness. Don't take it from me. Here's a uh, here's a, a section of an article called Gray, or Draymond Green hurls obscenities at Blazers assistant coach. When Green tried to check into the game in the fourth quarter, someone on the Blazers bench, later identified as Jim Moran, an assistant coach, could be heard screaming, "How much time does he get?" to the officials as Green removed heating pads from his knees. Moran was clearly trying to get the officials to call delay of game on Green. The Warriors forward, or forward was seen yelling back at Moran. An audio from the TV broadcast picked up someone who appears to be Green calling the Blazers assistant a, quote, f***ing pussy, amongst other things. <laughs> so, you know, Draymond's back. He, he may or may not be getting a little bit upset. I really enjoyed reading that. So back to my gift. Let's get him on the sidelines. You know, <laughs> he still needs to be there to help our players. We still want his tutelage and his experience and all those things. But we don't need the wear and tear in his legs. We don't need him taking any more of these losses, right? That Portland one was the fifth straight. So give him to about the all-star break. Chill out. Be on the sidelines, do what you do, and then we'll see you in a little while. What do you guys got? What's what's your gift for Draymond Green? I'm going to give Draymond a life coach <laughs> because I think that he could use some direction in prioritizing the things that stress him out. So, for example, a uh, a coach who's complaining about how long he's taking to get into the game shouldn't be high on his list of things to worry about. So maybe he'd learn like some deep breathing exercises or he would learn to cope with it a different way. I think that he could use someone who's in his corner 
who, you know, is there to pump him up, but also say like, hey, Dre, maybe next time do it this way. And let's think about the fact that we're actually losing this game instead of the fact that you just screamed at an assistant coach who doesn't matter to you. <laughs> Uh, for me, I would give him a hot tub time machine. I think he goes back to the Clippers game, and I think he honestly <laughs> doesn't blow up at not getting the ball from KD for that final shot. I think at, wow. in the moment he said, this is why we did, we've won without you, and he was excited about going into the season and you know going back to strength in numbers and you know the, the old team before KD joined. And now that Steph and Clay are out, He's kind of gotten that reality check. And even if they were healthy, I think he still would want KD back. So um, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, even for Draymond and even him acknowledging that that was probably not the best way to handle that situation. So um, he'd go back in time and we'd be sitting here with three all-time greats on the sidelines ready for 2021 season. Does it have to be a hot tub time machine? Could it just be a regular time machine? Or no, no hot tub, for sure. You, hot you tub. said we are not bound by reality. No, we are so not. We are not. I'm just wanted to make sure time. that, yeah, it had to be a, a, a hot tub time like, machine. Exactly. <laughs> you say we're not bound by reality. Like, the hot tub makes the time machine totally That's exactly, that's exactly well, right. Without it, then... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Sarah, you haven't been in the Bay for a while. We actually have time machines here. <laughs> they don't take they don't take right. hot tub form yet. To be yeah. perfect, to be fair to Marcus, we're not yet there. Mexican. But it is on Uber. Right <laughs> okay, <now. laughs> that's factually accurate. What do you got for Mr. Green? So I'm really glad that you said that we can't have a Dyson hand vac because I'd absolutely give him the floor model. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you bring yours everywhere you go, man. So. Yeah, of course, that's a great gift. I'm all out of ideas. Now. Draymond would love it. It would turn his whole season around. No, I uh, I would give him Jerry West back. Can we re-gift? Sure. Here's, sure. You know, look, it's, a, it's sort of a lost season for him, but you know that he wants to expand into front office moves, and Jerry West is the king of that world. Uh, and I'm sure that that would mean that our entire roster is just slightly better constructed, so it would be a double win. So basically, as an advisor, this isn't like Jerry West is his like personal assistant or something, or like <laughs> house cleaner or something. It's somebody who teaches him uh, GM lessons with Jerry West. No, 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 no. It's specifically because he needs somebody to use that Dyson. The Dyson hat. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad I asked a follow up. That yeah. makes uh, that makes a lot of sense, Sarah. The next person on your list, I'm going to have you start us off here, is Coach Steve Kerr. I'm going to give Steve uh, a chance to appear on Hassan Minhaj's Patriot Act on Netflix. Uh, this is not a this is not a sponsored plug. What <laughs> happened to like the show? And I think that it would give Steve a chance to not only talk to someone that loves basketball and understands his world as Hassan does, but also it would give him a chance to really get all that political stuff off his chest in an arena where it was appreciated and wanted and maybe it would like lighten his mental load a little bit. I know. I like that. I like All that right. a lot. Um, the first one I wanted to give Kerr was an opportunity to punch Donald Trump in the face, but <laughs> I feel like, you know what I mean? Like that, it'd be hard to arrange. The president's pretty busy. I mean, just too many logistics involved in that. So instead, what I want to give him is a huge helping of patience from Joe Lacob. Here's what I mean by that. Kerr's not in the hot seat. Of course he's not. He's not anywhere close to the hot seat. He deserves um, a pretty long leash. But the other thing we know for sure is that Lacob right now is somewhere hot as hell that this year, this opening of his Cathedral of Basketball is going the way that it is. And 
the understanding that it's okay that they're losing is not going to last really long, you mm-hmm. know? And if next year they have any hiccups and there still should be some, and for a lot of the reasons that Sarah, you already described, he's still going to be dealing with a team that doesn't know how to play with one another and a lot of new things to work out. So I hope for, for the team's sake, for Kerr's sake, cause I genuinely like him as a coach that Lacob remembers who the hell this guy is and gives him the kind of room and patience that his record uh, dictates. Nice. Good one. Um, I'm going to give Steve Kerr also a hot tub time machine. <laughs> Not a, even a different type of time machine, no, you asshole? I mean, another hot tub like one. Like Bill and Ted's time machine? Like no. a phone booth time machine? Maybe? Hot tub. Everybody gets hot tubs. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give it to him so he can go back to the day he decided to take to have back surgery and not do it because Steve's a great guy he's, he's obviously a player's coach um, I haven't met him personally but I think we would get along and um, best friends obviously. exactly best friends <laughs> but I just feel so bad for him when he's sitting there you know in those moments when it's obviously he's uncomfortable and his back is flaring up and he's switching sides in his seat and you can just tell he's got that grimace on his face i just feel so bad for him Mm -hmm. i just i wish he didn't have to deal with that and he could just you know like live a pain-free life so um hot tub time machine you're giving him a date with john cusack and water and above 120 degrees (laughs) yeah there you go maxine so i was gonna say a steel spine but i like the hot tub time machine a lot better so i'm going to gift him the national rifle association (laughs) to do it as he wants that's right (laughs) shut it shut it down he would shut it down I mean, somewhere the mega crowd is really turning off this podcast. I mean, like on the off chance that there was someone who wanted to make America great again listens, go ahead and tune out. You know, this is not made for you. But just in case you've made it this long, hopefully we've pissed you off with these last few uh, (laughs) suggestions. Uh, Let's move on. The next person may or may not deserve a lump of coal. uh, But let's find out. Willie Collie Stein is the name I want to give you. Um... Anybody have one to start us off? Yep. I give him a football helmet. <laughs> to finally realize his destiny. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> have a good time, man. Yeah. Go to a sport that you don't necessarily have to try in. I mean, like, with, football feels like it would still require effort. We need to give him, like, golf clubs or something. You know, like something that's, like, just skill that requires no real exertion at all. But, but I like it. I would gift him. I want to yeah. give Oh, go ahead. No, you first, because I'm struggling for one. If you say hot tub time machine, Sarah, I'm not going to take it well. <laughs> You're going to hang up on me. I will right now. I feel bad for him. I, I want, I want to give him to another team that, because we know the Warriors are going to bounce back next season. Like this is just like you said, they're the hiatus season. Next year they're going to be right back, like as a contender. I want to give him to a team that is not in that situation. I want to give him to someone that he's got time to like figure some stuff out and they're going to work with him in, I guess, like some more defensive development. I would just really like to give him time with another team. I can see that. Wasn't that like kind of the intention of this whole season? Okay. Like I was, I was under the impression that he had all the runway he could get. No doubt, and I will use that as a springboard. I, I think that's that's time with a deadline, though, because he's got you know all the runway he wants at the end of this season. The leash is going to be shortened, yeah. you know, yeah. or he's going to be gone. He could be gone at trade deadline, and so I just. 
my gift to him is a team that's going to keep him around for a while and stick with him. Let me split the difference between you guys. So for my gift, I'm in the universe from that movie Inception. You guys remember that one where you can go yeah. in and, and give people ideas? Yeah. I would go in and have him uh, suddenly realize that success this year is going to define the remainder of his career. <laughs> um, because what, you know, what, what happened up until now is that we assumed that he was kind of marooned in Sacramento, that he still had the untapped uh, potential that exists in someone who's a top six pick, and that he just needed some runway to figure it out. Um, and what he's not recognizing, at least from my eyes, is that if he continues to seemingly not give a shit this year, that presumption is going to disappear. People are no longer going to assume that there's all this talent there. And so if I could you know, give him anything, it would be he wakes up tomorrow and has the sense of urgency required to resurrect this year because right now there's nothing urgent happening on the floor with him. Nice. I, think I do think that it's a little bit unfair that we're – it's kind of the same thing. Remember when Draymond was saying all that stuff about Marquis Chris, Chris and yep. he's like, you know, it's always on the player. It's never the organization's fault. You know, well, he, you know. Wally Collie-Stein's in a really weird position because it's like he's supposed to give a shit about what happens to the team when top to bottom no one gives a shit because the lower they are, they're going to get a better lottery pick. And this is clearly the year to not give a shit. And so he's, I'm sure that that's a little bit of a mental battle for all the players when they're like, yeah, we want to develop, we want to play better, but like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what we do at all because but, we're going to lose. But look at the person whose name you just gave us, Marquise Chris, right? Because he, when he is on the floor, at least now, at least recently, he's given us all that urgency. And the reason I think that is, I mean, this is a complete conjecture. How the hell would I know? I've never talked to him about it. But the reason I think that is, is because Rec Chris has made that realization, right? I mean, he was on the bubble and training camp. He wasn't even supposed to get a contract. Right. So I, I understand why he is all the way in this year, even though they're not getting wins. I just want Willie Colley-Stein to have that same, you know, F, I'll die tonight before I don't give you effort um, because it doesn't feel like that. It just doesn't. That's a good point. For me, I would give him, this probably would backfire, but I would give him a winning lotto ticket for $100 million. And I would then see if he has the money and he's financially secure. You know, like, does he really care about the game enough? My guess is probably not. Huh. But if he doesn't have to fight You'd never and try to play a sport to try to, you know, like make money and, and kind of make a living. Does he really care about the sport enough to stay in it or would he walk away from the game because he doesn't love it? Like, I feel like he was blessed with height and athletic ability and talent, but not enough love for this particular game to put in the work to be amazing at it. So if he had the money and he could just walk away, would he or would he actually find that love and actually put in the effort he'd use that money to commission a dikembe gps app and you'd never <laughs> see him again unquestioned i want to be i want to be on marcus's christmas list that's what i've decided <laughs> he's given out time machines a hundred million dollar lottery thing like that's who i want to be with <laughs> it's funny you bring that up marcus because i was thinking that the whatever 20 million that he's made so far might be that hundred million dollar lotto ticket mm. I feel like I mean if I just if my last contract was fifteen mil like that's a, maybe that's not like 
legacy altering money, but that's enough to have a pretty comfortable lifestyle and retire now. So why does he need anything more? Would that still be true for you if you're in a locker room filled with people who are making more? Because when we look at that money, we're looking at it from this room, right? Like that kind of money changes my life instantaneously and it changes all the people around me's life as well. I don't know anybody with that kind of wealth. But if I'm in a locker room filled with, you know, the Steph Curry's of the world, like people who would sneeze at that money, who, who have that in their couch, you know, like would seeing their lifestyle spur you to want to make more or would you still be happy with, you know, I'm, I'm generationally sad. I don't have to worry about anything else. Right, well, that's, that's the story of that um the the guy who ran the finance for the kings right who like embezzled millions of dollars just because he like felt uncomfortable even though he was making high six figures um no i i I, here's the thing is he's on a veterans minimum that's going to expire at the end of the year right i think he just like wants to go back to his hometown and like kick it low-key and this is like a nice little send-off i wouldn't be surprised if he retires at the end of the season turns out sarah you want to stay off of maxime's christmas lift he'll just think you're good with what you already have i'm gonna go ahead and not give you so good luck with that matter of fact you owe me something (laughs) exactly right all right our next person, D'Angelo Russell. I will start us off with a brand new idea. I'm going to give him a phone booth time machine. Because, I mean, I'm just going to use time machine, but you forced me into some kind of specific time machine, so it's going to be phone booth. Um, here's what I'm thinking here, you guys. I want him to be able to go back and fix the crap with Nick Young. I want him to go back and fix. We, we talked last week, Sarah, about that story that apparently he took a recruiting trip with Minnesota after he had already signed with Golden State and Minnesota found out about it during the recruiting trip. I'd like him to go back and fix that too. Here's why. I still secretly think this guy's real value to this franchise is gonna be what he can bring back in a trade. And if he has done anything, to damage that at all, I'd like him to use my gift to go ahead and fix that up, and then maybe we can uh, we can send him off and get something back. How about uh, how about you, Sarah? What do you got for D'Lo? I would love to give D'Lo some some. This is important. The adjective I'm going to use: some quick off-ball skills, because. <laughs> The problem that we're going to have, it doesn't matter when Steph comes back, when Clay comes back. Let's say that for some reason the Warriors can't offload him the way that they want to. They can't get a good trade. The value's not there, and he's still around. There's no way he's going to have the ball in his hands as much as he wants to, and I think you guys probably clearly know that he's not as good off ball as he is when he's on the ball, and that's just not going to work. And so he needs to be able to have the off ball skills that the Warriors can use in their sets that work well for them, which is like quick movement, quick running around screens, like a lot of like flashing and dashing. And right now he just doesn't have it and he needs it. Yep. Uh, For me, I would give him the MVP award. And I think (laughs) I would give it to him based on him having an amazing season, like give him the stats and, you know, the run to be the MVP of the season. So then that way you'd give him the MVP season. Yeah, an MVP season. So then that way, at the end of it, he does have that value to trade. I don't think he's a good fit for us when Steph and Clay are both healthy. I think he's a great player, and I appreciate him coming here and wanting to stay, but I just don't think the fit works, and I'd rather have Steph and Clay. And if we can maximize his value, if he's an MVP, then we hopefully you know, pair him with a one or two top pick and get somebody back. Or give them the same thing, trade value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in essence, we're giving them trade value. Uh, yeah, I, and, I, and I'm going to jump on Sarah's train for this one, um, and I will give him, via Glenn Robinson III, I will give Glenn Robinson III Luka Doncic's level passability. <laughs> 
Precisely because I think he needs to work on his off-ball skills. Can't we just give him Luka Doncic? Does it have to be Glenn Robinson? Well, but listen, if, if he has Luka Doncic, that means the Dubs have Luka Doncic. Yes. And then at that point, like, I mean, where this whole this whole situation has changed. Like, you just made Glenn Robinson the, the third Luka Doncic. It's the same thing, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> no, I because I agree with Sarah. I think that he needs to figure out if he's going to have a place on this team, it's not going to come as somebody that's executing in the pick and roll. It's going to come as somebody that can be off-ball cutting hard and being able to catch crazy passes and drill threes. So like let's figure let's let's fast track that via somebody that has a nice pass. Sarah, what's a better gift? Giving Luka Doncic to uh Delo or making Willie Colley Stein Doncic level passing? What do you think? It's an impossible I mean, it's an impossible I mean, question because of course the first one's better. Oh, I, 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 of course the first one's better. If we're not held by the bounds of reality, oh, then let's just Let's just give the Warriors Luka Doncic, right? Oh, no. I, I did that too fast. I did that too fast. How do we go back and make that applause? Never mind, Sarah. Uh, of course. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing is that my feeling is if this is a gift for D'Lo, like the second we have Luka Doncic, D'Lo's off the team, no doubt. So that's not a gift for D'Lo, right? If we're talking about gifting D'Angelo Russell something, he needs to bone up on his skills. If we're talking about gifting the Warriors something, yeah, let's get Luka Doncic. I mean, yeah, I'm not. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a gift for D'Lo anymore. I'm just talking about if we're just unbound and we're not talking about D'Lo if we're given so and so skills or should we give Willie Colley Stein someone else or give Luca to. I'm just saying, end it. My last gift is for the Warriors and it's Luca. I, I'm confused and I'm not sure which sound to play, so I'm just going to go to my go to. Mountain Mars. Oh, yeah. I only wish he was giving me direction somewhere. Let's move uh, to another topic. It's a brand new one. I'm not sure if we've had the pleasure of doing this with you. It is called Look Around the League. And in fact, we even have a theme song. Look around the league. You may recognize that amazing singing voice, even if you don't. Uh, Here's how the segment works. Marcus has tracked down three stories from us from around the NBA. He's going to detail all of them, and then we'll get a chance to vote on which one of them we want to discuss. MT? Cool. First one, we actually touched on a little bit of it earlier, um, calling this one hall monitors. So there's been a couple instances recently where players have called out random league rules, and um, they've been a little strange. So Draymond was recently given a delay of game for not taking off his warm-ups in a timely fashion. Uh, A few weeks ago, Chris Paul called out uh, former Warrior Jordan Bell for having his jersey untucked. It resulted in a free throw from a technical, and they went to overtime and ended up winning the game. So uh, the question is, are these hall monitors being cheap, or should players follow the rules? Uh, number two, James Wiseman, uh, considered to be either a top one or two pick, has left Memphis. He is no longer playing college basketball. He's decided he doesn't want to sit out the 12 games and come back. So, um, Kristen Peak, who is our all things um, college basketball, says he's still a top two pick. My question is, do we want him? Sure. Mm. Um, and the third one, NBA ratings are down. People can't figure out why. One theory that was floated out was because the Warriors suck. They said that the Warriors actually being dominant was a good thing. The reason there's nobody for every other team to root against is one of the things that you know prevents people from caring. Um, and... I think part of the reason also is should Zion play. So a couple of reasons why the ratings are down. We can talk about 
you know, are the Warriors really to blame for the league being down? That's the Floyd Mayweather rule. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather made himself so hateable that his ratings went way up because you either watched him to win or you watched him to lose. Either way, you watched him, which was his quote. Yeah. Um, three great stories. The one that speaks to me is Wiseman, only because I am so focused on whether or not the Warriors uh, are going to return to the top of the mountain. And I have kind of an embarrassing admission about that story if we go that way. So my vote is there. Um, we have four people on the pod, so MT, you are excused from the voting so that we do have a majority. Sarah, which one of those three speak to you? I vote for story number one. I want to talk about the players and coaches calling out small rules. All right. Which leaves our deciding vote to uh, our master of all things sound. Maxime, it, which way are we going? In this case, I feel like I ha- I want to know more personally about this Wiseman situation. So that's my vote as well. <laughs> and I, I Just to get it off of your chest, Sarah, would you be the type of person to call somebody out on a small rule violation? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> that does, that does and, not shock me. And I would be the person you called out and I'd hate you forever for it. Yeah, <laughs> but I also just I, like when I saw Chris Paul's post game where he said like, "Oh, that's the rules." Yeah. What, I just wanted to punch him in Such the face so hard. Such oh, a bitch! My but uh, God. but I, I won't break our own rule. We are going to go with Wiseman first, right? Yeah, our, flapping's our... a rule too. You know, see him <laughs> complain about that. He we're, still flaps. Every we're going down. with Wiseman. It is what it is. I know very little about him. I've got, like I said, an embarrassing story that I'm going to really need your opinion on. In fact, Sarah, you'll get a chance to judge me. I'll save that for the second question. Let's go with the first. This guy's not playing again, right? He, he literally has played two college games and is not coming back. Does that make you want him more or less? Mm. I'll go first. I'm all about potential. Like, I, I love the idea of like, like lottery tickets before they've been scratched. <laughs> a guy who is already a presumptive number one who feels so goddamn confident that he doesn't have to play in any more games is the definition of an unscratched lottery ticket. <laughs> so no one's going to make me a GM. I should probably be gifted Jerry West and he'd talk me out of this. But it makes me more interested. I'm all the way in. So I'd still select him. Sarah, what you I'm got? very, very scared by not being able to see someone do things. And, but in your defense, I'm also very bad at judging these guys. So, I mean, back when the Sixers were selecting Ben Simmons as number overall pick, my whole problem was like, we haven't seen this guy play competitive basketball. He wasn't in the tournament. He wasn't on a team that was working the way it should have. We don't know what it's like. That's why you've got people like NBA scouts who are better at detecting talent than I am, but not being able to see exactly what a guy can do in competitive situations really scares me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I feel you, and we're, we are on the precipice of the end of the one-and-done era. Yeah. Um, so this is just a look into the future of yeah, what it's going right. to be like when we're drafting people right out of high school. And, Bram, to your point, uh, I'm also pretty excited about – drafting a guy that has the slightly less mileage that comes from sitting out this entire <laughs> yeah, season makes him a little bit more fresh. I uh, I know that we are short on time, so I'm going to I'm going to fast forward this to my embarrassing story and then ask for your guys opinion. All right, so Sarah, some background for you. Um, you you might remember that in the beginning of this year, James, or James Wiseman was suspended, right? Um, they, he got found mm-hmm. that he he took uh, some money from Penny Hardaway, and they suspended him for twelve games, which is in fact why he missed a few of the games 
to start off the year. When that happened, we talked about it on this podcast. And not only did we talked about it, we gave somebody credit for a tweet that I read. It was another account. What they said was, look, the Warriors are so good at tanking, they're already sitting future players. So there's our backdrop, all right? Here's our, uh, here's our current story. Today... And in fact, let me add one more detail. When we talked about that other person's tweet, everyone in this room was like, oh, what a great tweet. We thought it was super funny. And like, oh, that's a phenomenal take. Today, I hop on Twitter. I see, um, I think it was from Shams. He reports exactly the story we were just talking about, you know, namely that he is now going to uh, be sitting out. We're not going to see Wiseman at all anymore. And I retweet that. And then as part of the retweet, say the Warriors are so hell bent on uh, resting people this year, they are even resting their future players. So basically, steal that guy's take entirely. But it's way in the future, and it's a new tweet, and I'm admitting it now. Which leads to the question: Was that a terrible thing to do? Was it an acceptable thing? Like how how do you gauge that move by me? No, I think that you're fine because you gave the person credit on the previous time that you you stole the tweet, right? Yep. Yes, I did. And you're. Even apologizing for it now, as like the day that you're recording, saying like I did steal it, but I upgraded it for a new joke of my own. You're admitting all the faults in it. It's fine. Steal all the tweets you want. Yes, let's go, Maxime. Are you as, as accepting of that, or do you think I may have crossed the line here? One hundred percent. Imitation is the nicest form of flattery. I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. All right. Well, let's get to our last segment, Sarah. Also, a new one. Um, the listeners are occasionally nice enough to send us questions. I have taxed, uh, Maxime with keeping an eye on all those questions. And when one really catches his eye, I know that he jots it down every now and again, we go to a segment that highlights those questions. That segment is called voice from the crowd and I'll turn it to you, Maxime. What do we got? So Marcus had an unbelievably prescient set of, uh, ideas from look around the league because this question that comes in from Lewis is all about the NBA ratings. Lewis says, uh, NBA watch ratings have dropped dramatically this year. Do you boys think it's because the dubs dropped down to the G league? And if you were Adam silver and could do anything you want, what would you do to improve ratings? Huh? Um, well, I've kind of already telegraphed my answer. Um, I do think it's because the Warriors are dead. Um, and it's exactly with what I said with Floyd Mayweather. They, they, they weren't just good. They were anger inciting good. If you rooted for them, then it was easy. If you didn't, they were not only beating your team, they were doing it while joyously dancing on them and laughing in their faces and you know, seemingly having the time of their life. And that type of thing gives you an emotional response one way or the other. Either you're really happy or you're really angry. Television that gives you an emotional response is good television. There's just no other way to look at it. And that emotional response has been taken out of the league. You know, um, I don't like his phrasing. We're not in the G League, but you know, he's not totally <laughs> off. So uh, that's why I think it has gone down. I'll save the second question until you guys have answered the first. I think that I'm falling into the category of kind of blaming injuries for the reason that the ratings have dipped. And it kind of goes along with the Warriors thing because, you know, it's like the Warriors broke up a little bit because Durant left and he went over to the Nets. And But we don't get to watch what that looks like because he's injured. And we don't get to watch what the Warriors look like without him because Clay is injured and Steph is injured. And so you don't get to, like, revel in what actually that breakup looks like. Sure. And then on, on another team – 
the big thing coming into the year was Zion. And so you've got all these nationally televised games that were slated for the Pelicans, and now the Pelicans suck. And so no one wants to watch that, and no one wants to watch the Pelicans without Zion. That's, I mean, that's pointless, especially this year. And so I think when you have these injuries to big-name guys like that, it is really obvious reasons for people not to tune in. No one wants to watch Kyrie jack up a ton of shots and lead the Nets when they know that KD is sitting there in a suit just waiting to come back and it's going to be a long time. People and people who were going to want to watch the Warriors and see what it looked like and what is it going to be after KD leaves. They don't want to watch, you know, the you know third string team go through the rest of the season. So I think injury has a ton to do with it. Is it good that I have tickets to the Pelicans Warriors game on Friday? Basically, the two teams oh, that are responsible for the the ratings collapse. I mean, don't worry, Sarah. At least I paid about fifteen thousand dollars to be able to have those tickets. So, I mean, you know, no problem, dude. It's fantastic. Maybe I'll be able to pay another arm and a leg, and I'll just stop by my local YMCA and see how that hoop game's going. <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is that because you got tickets to the game, you're also contributing to the ratings decline because you won't be watching it at home. (laughs) (laughs) Right when I thought I couldn't get any lower. Thank you, Sarah. Fantastic. Uh, I will say that, you know, the, the, the idea that the injuries are what's causing a lot of this ratings decline is, um, doubly true because even the fine, the previous, the reigning finals MVP champion Kawhi Leonard is sitting out every other game in order to avoid some kind of injury. And like, you know, that's a part of what's going on here. Um, I do think that, you know, I, like I want to, I want to double down on sort of on what Lewis is bringing up because I think, I think Steph radically, um, well, we know he radically changed the game, and I think in so doing, he brought in a ton of fans. Sure. Um, and so I think him not being a part of this league, of course there are now tons of people that are not interested in the storylines. It's not even about him being a heel or not. Um, though I do think uh, Ben Golliver and um, Michael Pina on, on uh, the Open Floor Sports Illustrated podcast were talking about whether or not there was a heel in the NBA this year, and I think that's an interesting question, yeah. and I don't really think that there is. I mean, best best one that they could come up with was the Lakers with LeBron. And even that sort of feels like it hasn't really coagulated in a way because it's just so ridiculous yeah. that he's in his 17th year yeah. and still doing this. So, and they haven't been good for long enough for us to, to develop to, that kind of hatred. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And to your point, I seen I mean, the Clippers, they're dealing with, you know, Kawhi sitting out and dealing, like dealing with his injuries or load managing or whatever they decide they want to call it today. And to start the season, they were also without Paul George. So, like, why are you going to watch that team if they're not even with two of the five best players in the league sure. and that's who you want to watch eventually? How would I fix it? I actually have an idea, and I think it's a good one. Let me start with a backdrop. I genuinely believe that gambling makes people watch the sport on television far more. This is not a guess. Let's call it a hypothesis. It's an educated one. The NFL is the uh, the sport that is most gambled on. It's not close. And that's one outside of NASCAR. It's also the one that's highest in the TV ratings. Um, another example is March Madness. Now, when you think on March Madness, you don't think people gamble on it. Bush, that's what pools are. Pools are a, the easiest step, the uh, simplest introduction to all of America to gambling, right? You suddenly have money on each and every one of these games or at least interest that you otherwise wouldn't. So 
the NBA, if they want to increase their ratings, they need to increase gambling on their sport. I'm not the only one who thinks this. Adam Silver has already started this process. There's a reason why he has spearheaded the legalization of, uh, of sports gambling, right? He was the guy behind the, the big case. Um, I think it was New Jersey. So what I would do is I would put the spread underneath the score on every huh. single game. Um, and just show them, you know, here it is. And what you are doing is subtly encouraging fan bases everywhere to put money on it. And the second that the casual stranger has one cent on that game, then they're going to watch the hell out of it, regardless of whether or not they're an actual fan. So that's what I would do. I would turn turn America's uh, basketball fans into degenerate gamblers and then sit back and watch the ratings soar. Yeah, uh, it's a tough one. I think, I mean, definitely gambling is going to have something to do with it. I have no doubt that's going to be a big part going into the next five, ten years. And it absolutely would bring people in. I mean, you see it when you've got fantasy football leagues. I know that, you know, when I'm in a league, if someone has, you know, someone they're close to and they're like, oh, they don't really know football, but they'll play, you know. So they come in, they put their buy-in in, and they didn't care about football before, but now that they've got money on it, they're watching every week. Exactly. And so I know that that can actually bring people to the sport. Um, you know, there's also the league is trying to do a bunch of different things to try to increase involvement, increase ratings, increase interest in the league. They're talking about that mid-season tournament. There's talks about doing a bunch of different things. I think it'll never happen, but I think that if you shorten the league, you'd cut down on wear and tear on guys' bodies. <laughs> you get them to play, you know, healthier and longer and you'd be able to keep interest as far as injuries go that way. Yep. I don't think that it's ever going I don't think they're going to shorten the league, but I think it really would help things. That makes sense and it follows a football example too, right? They only have 16 yeah. games throughout the regular season. Each one of those mean everything, which probably helps uh, TV viewership too. Yeah, well, so when you say shorten the league, are you talking about reducing the number of teams or reducing the season? No, shorting the season, like uh, like cutting it down. I mean, even if you went down from 82 games, you know, to 70, that's not a huge cut, but it's going to give more time in between games. It's going to give even less of a chance of back-to-back. If you could just get, get these guys to save their bodies and it, and then every game means a little bit more, if they can slowly cut back to it, I think that it would help. It makes sense. I also, I mean, when the whole mid-season tournament thing was announced, and we haven't had a chance to really explore that on the show yet, um, but, you know, people, casual fan, I've heard asking, why are they doing that? What's the idea behind it? To me, it's it's plain and simple. The, the players want less games for multitudes of reasons, namely health. The uh, owners don't because they want the money from each one of the games, right? What those tournaments are is a split the difference. The owners will get the money from those two tournaments. They, they bank it. And the players, at least, you know, 90% of them, the, the teams that don't win those tournaments, will by definition play less games. You shorten the season, you have the tournaments and you know you get both um but i digress you know uh what how would you increase well this is potentially not popular but um or wouldn't it wouldn't even happen but uh i would pick a (laughs) that's right yes (laughs) i would pick one team from the east and one team from the west and get rid of them huh 
Why? How does and so that each team has more talent, kind of thing? Yeah, that's yes, that's the biggest part of it. Is I, I you know, I mean, I think there there are some pretty obvious contenders. Um, I think there's also some um, management and ownership situations in some of these teams that are like pretty rotten yeah. uh, and don't really deserve to have franchises at this point, anyways. Not to mention there are multiple teams in the same city. So like, what what benefit is that to the fan base overall? Yep. Uh, I think there's a lot of and but most importantly, yeah, you could distribute some of the talent onto the other teams in a way that would make all of the other teams richer yeah. it would give a natural you wouldn't have to have each team um you know you would slightly you would play slightly less games over the course of the season sure. it's kind of a win-win makes sense the problem that the problem there is that that's so far away from happening that you're definitely going to see more teams before you'll see less yeah right i mean we're probably going to start seeing like international teams um you know, I mean, international not, teams. Vegas is going to get a team at some point. Seattle's going to get another team at some point. Yeah. I was just in Seattle, incidentally, just as a random story earlier in this week and went by Key Arena and they are building a brand new arena where Key Arena used mm-hmm. to be. I didn't know that they were doing that. And I, I can't imagine that, that they're at least, uh, there's got to be some motivation that uh, they're thinking that a team comes back there. But I guess... We will find out. Um, Sarah, it's so great having you back. It's been way too long. Congratulations on the new gig. They are crazy lucky to have you. Um, and I, I know how much our audience really likes your takes. Where can they find more of them? Where can they look? You can find me anywhere at NBA Sarah, uh, et cetera. And now you can read my stuff as of December 26th at Deseret.com, D-E-S-E-R-E-T.com. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you, Sarah. That was awesome from our side. Huge fun, true every week, certainly true this week. You want to reach out, you know where to hit us. Our Twitter account is at Warriors Huddle. Our uh, Gmail account is Warriors Huddle at gmail.com. Our Patreon account is on Patreon. You can just search Warriors Huddle. Um, a quick shout out to all the people who've already been nice enough to contribute there. We love you to death. And also a, uh, a quick heads up. We are heading into the holiday season. Real good chance that we take at least one week off. Whenever we announce that, we tend to show up anyway. So who knows? But for now, plan on not having us next week. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in a couple weeks. With that in mind, go Warriors. Happy holidays. And we'll see you real soon. Good, good. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.